0: This is Cultivate a Good Life, Episode 148, Becky's Hearing Loss, that's me, and how it relates to you. Hey everybody, I'm Becky Higgins. That's me. <laughs> I am Becky Proudfit. That's you. That's me. Hey. Okay, so this is so random. Are you ready for this? I have a question. Okay. Speaking of like, hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. What do you usually say? When somebody says, how you doing? You say, I'm good. Great. Okay, so the other day I was walking my dogs and I approached a neighbor. The neighbor was out too. you know, you just say hi to your neighbors and whatever. And I was having a really, really really rough day. Mm -hmm. And so walking the dogs was like my moment moment of fresh air and just contemplating and you know, I'm deep in it. And so when the neighbor who's not a close friend, we have close friends that are neighbors and we have neighbors who are just neighbors, right? Right. Like no close relationship there, but you know, they're nice people, whatever. Yeah. And when she says, Hey, how you doing? I was like, you know, when some people, when people ask you and you are not okay and you're like, I feel like a liar if I'm just like, Oh, I'm great. So I was just in that moment of like, this is a stupid thing. So my question for you, Beck, this really could be a whole episode, but I promise we can keep this quick. What is your thought about that? When somebody who's not a close personal person Mm -hmm. who says, how are you doing? And you really like, you're not a great place. What do you answer? How do you respond Hmm. to that?
1: If it's someone who's not close to me, I would probably, if I was you, I probably would have said something like, well... The day's not going great, but I'm walking my dog so that it will get better. Something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would keep it probably like mm-hmm. a little more on the positive beat. Mm-hmm. But I think this actually is kind of an important conversation because if someone we know, you know, take it to a friend or even like an acquaintance says, "How are you doing?" Yep, it
0: really serves no one for us to lie, right? I know, and that's why I feel like I should just bring that up because I just want to validate those of you who get in that situation where you're like, "I feel really dishonest by not." if I were just to say I'm doing great when I'm really not like it, to your point Mm -hmm. back, it serves no one. My response to that neighbor was similar to what you said. Yeah. I did not want to be like, Oh, I'm great. How are you? Because I just, I'm like, listen, we're all struggling. Like, let's be honest. She was probably struggling, struggling with something that day that I don't know about. And yet we weren't going to get into this like deep conversation. We're not close personal friends. So I did, I, I answered it and just pretty much said something like, you know, it's, it's been a day, but oh, I'm at least glad that it's not 150 degrees yet, you know? Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I hope that your day gets better. I'm like, yeah, you hang in there too with everything. And it kind of moved mm-hmm. on. The point is I, I felt like, you know what, that was better than just saying I'm great because it it's a way that we can connect with our totally. people, with our neighbors, with our coworkers, with our even colleagues. Even with our friends, mm-hmm. even with our spouse, because sometimes we're so like,
1: used to just answering, everything's great. I'm good. It's fine. I'm Mm -hmm. fine. That's one of my favorite things to say. I'm fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. fine. (laughs) fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Right. When you say it on repeat, they know you're not fine. (laughs) Now it's like our clue for like, she's about to break down. Exactly. But we get in this autopilot of responding and you're right. It does rob us of the chance to connect. And so maybe just even thinking about it and even with your spouse, when they say, how was your day? Mm -hmm. Instead of saying fine, saying I had a hard moment. Let me tell you about it. Yeah. Or, you know, like it actually breeds
0: Can, real relationships. Yes, real relationship and connection. So the next, time, the next time somebody that you're not super close with asks you, like take a moment to, you know, throw in a dash of honesty for the sake of connection and also helping them to feel seen. Mm-hmm. Because I guarantee they are also having hard things as well, you know? I know that's so random, but there you go. I just I like wanted it. to like get that dialogue going because I want people to be honest be you know, honest you don't have to air out your dirty laundry no you don't have to like go into all the things but I don't know I feel I feel like we just need more connection as humans so there you go there it speaking is speaking of connections holy smokes yeah so this is a big conversation we have lots to talk about before we get there let's hear a quick word from this week's sponsor
1: Our favorite kind of feedback on our podcast work is when our listeners share with us about the episodes and messages and personal impressions that are deeply resonating with them. Mm -hmm. We love hearing how listening to the podcast helps you to feel buoyed up, supported, and enlightened.
0: Our other favorite feedback is when you tell us how much you are loving the brands and products that we recommend. For example, I think it's safe to say that not a week goes by that we don't hear from someone thanking us for telling them about Shine Cosmetics. And for a very good reason. Yes, Once you try their products, you'll see why
1: Shine is our go-to brand for makeup. Not only the quality, but because everything they stand for is empowering women and girls. Plus, their ingredients are gluten-free, cruelty-free, hypoallergenic, and paraben free
0: It's hard to pick just one favorite product, but we highly recommend the BB cream, lip gloss and their concealer is the best we've ever used. Visit shinecosmetics.com and enter the code Becky at checkout to save at least 10 percent, and you can use that code every time you place an order. So there I was. I can't wait to hear this story. <laughs> I, I have a hearing loss. What a title, right? Like I know. How Did do you, you guys even... know?
1: I'm wondering how many <laughs> listeners had no idea that you had
0: hearing loss. Before I shared it on social media, because mm-hmm. I have now since shared that. Some of you may have seen that before this episode. But many listeners don't even follow us on social media. Right. Which I come on now. Let's let's go. Let's get with it. Join (laughs) the family. Join the family. Um, But yeah, if this is the first time you're hearing about that, surprise. There you go. Mm -hmm. There's a piece of my story. And the reason why I felt really compelled to have a whole episode about this on the podcast is because when I recently shared about it on social media, on the Instagram, I had the coolest experience reading people's um, comments. And the way that people were engaging in the conversation and some of it, yes, was about hearing loss, but so much of it just triggered all of these thoughts and ideas for me about cultivating a good life. And so I wanted to share this episode that a little bit is about my hearing loss. Yes. And I will give you the backstory on that and also how this relates to you, the listener, our friend. There's so much around this conversation. So, um, well, I, I mean, if I were to guess, I would say like 2% of our listeners might have a connection to this because they themselves have a hearing loss Mm -hmm. or someone that they love. Maybe it's bigger than 2%. I bet it it is. is. I bet it is. Yeah. Now that I think about it, it's probably affected a lot more people. Um, But I would say that 100% of us can feel the life lessons in the, the conversation around all of this. So I'm really excited that I am acting on the impression that I have felt, which we're always encouraging you guys to do. And I have felt really impressed to share these insights about these life lessons and these ways that each of us can cultivate a good life. So, um, if you want to read those posts, by the way, I had a post on my personal Instagram account, which is real Becky Higgins. And you can just look for the um, the picture of, it's a black and white picture of mm-hmm. me as a baby. My mom is holding me in the hospital and I've got, I, I can't remember if that one was the one with tubes coming out. Can of my I head. just say
1: though, yes. when she posted that, remember I called you and yeah. I was like, I have never in my life seen a baby picture that I could identify as the grown adult. Like it looks so, so funny. Baby I know when you
0: said that, but I'm like, I don't, does it really? Oh, I totally. It yeah. made
1: me laugh. It stopped me in my tracks because I'm like, <laughs> if there was a hundred babies, I could pick out baby Becky.
0: <laughs> that's crazy. Um, and by the way, this dates, to, dates back to April 25th of this year, 2021. So that's where that post is. And then that same day, I also posted the page I made about this on the brand account, Becky Higgins, LLC, there's two accounts and two posts worth checking out about that. Cause one is focused on the documenting of it. And one is focused on the actual story. So what's the story? Let me just tell you, just kind of give you the backstory to the hearing loss. And then let's get into these life lessons and how it applies to everybody else. Okay. Um, there I was, Eight months old. I was a babe, sweet little babe. I'm sure I was a perfect child. (laughs) Baby Becky. Um, And I was having a rough night crying and struggling. My dad was trying to comfort me, and he noticed that I could not rest my head into his shoulder, which for me as a baby was highly unusual. Right. He said I just could not snuggle into him like I normally would if he's trying to comfort me. Mm -hmm. Um, He is a retired physician, so as a doctor, he knew kind of some things that were red flags, and he was concerned about that so he consulted with our pediatrician my pediatrician and together they decided that I needed to get to the emergency room and something was seriously wrong so that is how we found out that I was diagnosed with um, meningitis so that's what I had um, meningitis as an eight-year-old and 8 month old not eight eight thank you yes. I mean eight years old was a special time for yes. different reasons, but yes, as an eight month old. Okay. And so I was diagnosed and, um, and my life was preserved and that's a miracle in and yeah. of itself. Anyone who knows anything about meningitis knows how life threatening it is. And so I think my, my parents who certainly prayed for a miracle received that. And, yeah. and it was such a blessing, obviously that my life was preserved. Fast forward, the older I got, the more my dad noticed that I wasn't responding to some of the, um, conversations or, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. calling my name from behind me or whatever. So again, another red flag, they got me tested and that's when we found out that I had a hearing loss. And so from a very early age, I think I was in kindergarten, maybe when I got my first hearing aid. And, um, and I was too young to really have emotions around that, right. you know, kindergarten, you're like, you just do, you just right. do life, yeah, exactly, you do your thing. Um, and so I had a hearing aid and I probably, you know, I was in kindergarten, so I don't know that I was super consistent about it, but the older I got, the more aware I was that I was different mm-hmm. and not just because I had a thing in my ear, but because I was missing some things, whether I had the hearing aid in or not. And so, um, I got teased. Um, I was shamed for it. Um, I, I couldn't tell you stories around that. I just remember the feelings around it, but not necessarily specific incidents. I do remember one particular incident where I was really, um, really proud to do a presentation in class about hearing aids because I had, I don't remember which class it was, um, but somewhere maybe third, fourth, fifth grade, something like that. And I was like, this is so cool that I can do a a project and Mm -hmm. share a presentation on something that is so close to me, such a part of my life. And so I was able to like borrow all of these um, practically ancient hearing aid models from my audiologist. Oh, that's cool. So I was really excited because I was like, this is so much to be proud of, right? Like this, this fully comprehensive and who gets to bring like all these models of, you know, something anyway. And I just remember after that presentation distinctly being teased about my hearing loss. And again, I don't remember who said what and whatever, and it didn't matter, but I was like so ashamed. So it was hard. It was really hard. And I think from that point on, I pretty much hated wearing my hearing aid. I hated that I had a hearing loss. I cried every time my mom would take me to the doctor, to the appointments. Um, it was fascinating to sit in the hearing booth. Um, but also like we would leave and i would be in tears and my mom wouldn't know what to say you know i'm sure she offered comforting yeah. thoughts or words but like at the end of the day i was you know i had a hearing loss and i was different and i struggled and it was hard um she had to talk to my teachers before the beginning of every school year and explain to them she has a hearing loss let's make sure she sits at the front of the room right. like i didn't want that special treatment
1: but i imagine if your mom didn't give people context you probably don't know this i actually had hearing loss for about a year when I was younger. Of course
0: I don't know that. Yeah. How do you have a temporary hearing loss? What?
1: Because I had gotten an ear infection okay. from swimmer's ear uh-huh. and it progressed to the point of like real danger. Wow. And No, I had no idea. And so I had totally forgotten until... So I remember they took me to the audiologist because... They, they thought I just was being disobedient. They thought I just wasn't Mm -hmm. listening. Mm -hmm. And I was, and finally they realized it was something more. And I remember there's like, when you get your hearing checked, it's like a mountain, right? Like the mountain is kind of gauging. That's Mm -hmm. what like the little pen mark looks like. Mm -hmm. And my mountain was like a very low plateau. Mm -hmm. And so in one of my ears, I had hearing loss and I had to work on that for about a year and take lots of medicine and do lots of things. But eventually it came back. Interesting. But my point in saying all that is, Without that context, your teachers probably just thought you were being belligerent, right? Like Mm -hmm. she just doesn't listen. She doesn't
0: want to listen to anyone, right? How important that context is. Oh, it is. It is. My mom was absolutely doing the right thing. She had to share that with my teachers. And I can't remember if that conversation continued into high school or if I took it upon myself to make sure my teachers knew. If I, I don't know remember. you, I would say probably <laughs> you did, but... You know what, though? If I'm being honest, I think by the time I was in high school, I wanted to pretend like it wasn't a thing. Yeah. I, I actually think that that's the place where I was. I yeah. did not acknowledge my hearing loss. No one knew I had a hearing loss. I for sure wasn't wearing my hearing aid. I, I didn't know you had a hearing loss until I had... Known you a while. We were well into our friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember telling you while we were hiking because I said I need to hike in front, mm-hmm. and here's why. Yeah, I had I. You guys, I'm telling you, like right now, if I am hiking behind you, with or without my hearing aids, I will not hear you. Mm-hmm. True story. And I can hear you, but I won't hear what you're saying. Right. Like it's just going to be garbled enough. And then you think of that crunch, crunch, mm-hmm. crunch. That background noise. I don't stand a chance. Yeah. And so, um, so yes, when Becky and I were really diving into our friendship and getting to know each other and becoming more open and vulnerable with each other and sharing all the things, all the things, (laughs) all the things I was like, I mean, I'm still hanging on to a couple secrets just so you know. Are you really, we need a trip. (laughs) We need a, we need a good recording trip for seven days now cuz all of you guys are our best friends now you know this little thing and and the interesting thing is it's not a secret and yet i really made it one i really i don't i don't know the psychology behind that but i think i was ashamed and i think i really just wanted to ignore it so that by the time i was in high school it wasn't about shame it was about like no that's not an issue i am just fine right and and anyone like you becky as a new friend anyone who knew me would not have really known because my lip reading is phenomenal Mm -hmm. And because my ears compensate for each other. So let's fast forward. Let me explain what this looks like real time, current. Well, actually, last year. So I was trying to listen to an audiobook. I love, I mean, I read a ton of books, Mm -hmm. audio. Yes. (laughs) I read some books, paper form, like holding in my hand, but most books I read as of late. Are audiobooks, and I read a ton because I can listen to them, and I can multitask and do housework and hike and drive and all of it. Yeah. I mean, it's why we all love audiobooks, right? Mm-hmm. So there was one particular audiobook that I was trying to listen to. I had my AirPods in, and I literally was like, "What is she saying?" And of course, my first thought is my hearing loss. But then I'm like, "No, that doesn't make sense," because I listen to podcasts and audiobooks all day long. Like, right. I listen to us. It's her fault it's her recording her (laughs) darn voice no I was like there's something different about and I remember saying to David I don't know how they recorded this but it's different like something is off and I'm surprised because she's like big time author like this Mm -hmm. is weird so I kind of brushed it off and then I started like feeling like man if I say what one more time in my car while I'm driving and my in your crew Becky knows crew Mm -hmm. super well he talks so fast Because his brain works so fast. So he's in the back, he's talking fast, he's rushing through the things he's saying. And I'm like, what? Child, slow down. And you have to do that whether you have a hearing loss or not. But for me, I was like, okay, I'm missing stuff. I know I'm missing stuff. I know I'm not hearing as well as I could. And it's been a minute. It's been a minute since my hearing has been tested. So I went, I had my hearing tested and sure enough, and David was with me and we both were like, holy crap. Like, it's so bad. If you look at the little chart and the way that they measure the sounds and the decibels and the volumes yeah. and all the things, my left ar- my left ear took a dive straight away. Like, I mm-hmm. and I knew that. The left ear was my hearing aid ear, uh, you know, in my childhood. Yeah. So I knew that one was bad. And it takes a dive, like, immediately, if you can picture this, and then kind of toward the end, it swings back up, meaning, like, I can hear certain decibels and not, whatever. And then my right ear interestingly, stayed pretty strong before it took the dive. But when it takes a dive, the left ear comes up. Oh, interesting! And so that's where my ears compensate. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if I were to plug, for example, if I were to plug my right ear there, you could not pay me a million dollars to hear a phone call on my left ear. I would not be able to make out what is being said. That's how yeah. bad it is. If I were to plug my left ear, I'd take all my calls on my right ear. If you're mm-hmm. sitting next to me, like at a concert or a game or church or anything, if if I'm gonna have a chance of hearing you whisper something into my ear, right, it, you're gonna have to be on my right side. So I'm I'm just used to all this. Now we understand as an adult, we're looking at these charts and getting this information and we're like, holy crap, like my hearing loss is pretty significant. It doesn't sound like it. You guys are listening to me on the microphone. I talk 95% normal. Um and I hear and compensate most things that yeah. it's fine. But clearly I needed hearing aids. Let me just tell you the first time well, I put them in, I was like, okay, wow. I remember what it's like to have a hearing aid. Now I have two of them. They're much smaller than when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. This is pretty cool. I'm apprehensive. I still have emotions around this, but like, okay, we're making progress. This is good. And then I was like, oh, that audiobook." I wonder what that audiobook sounds like. Mm-hmm. So it's the first thing I listened really? to. really. And as soon as I hit play, I was like, oh my gosh, what is this magic? It's so and so different, it huh? was so cool. It was so cool that like completely different experience in my AirPods, I was able to hear it was a miracle. I was able to hear clearly what this author was saying. And I didn't actually finish her book because I wasn't that interested in it. And so now I'm not going to tell you <laughs> what it, it was. It turns <laughs> out when she listened, she didn't like it. Yeah, that much. I was like, yeah, it's fine. There's other books I'd rather read and it's fine. So, so yeah, that brings us to, to present day. And so all this time, you know, that was January, 2020, that was before the pandemic. And so I'm, I'm, you know, at that point I get the hearing aids, I'm adjusting to them. Becky, you know, I was struggling like it's still, it's not easy. Mm -hmm. And I was struggling with consistency. I was struggling with headaches. I was struggling with like something's in my ear all day. That is uncomfortable. Yeah. I imagine the adjustment. Well, I think too,
1: for you watching you go through that, I remember like you suddenly became aware of how noisy life was. You know what I mean? As we're on the water, which I'm well aware of how noisy my life is but her house is really loud guys. It is. We have a lot of (laughs) life in our house, but for Becky, like you probably hadn't realized how in fact loud all of us around you were. And so I remember that being hard, like the, the ambient noise Mm -hmm. that you hadn't heard Mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it was like flooding you. So I just had Mm -hmm. so much sympathy for like, I can't imagine having to like essentially microphone, like, or, you know, amplifiers in my ear making all this more ambient noise is a good way
0: to put it. No, literally, like crumpling up a piece of paper, turning on the water, um, you know, my fingernails clicking on the the keyboard—like these are all things that I could hear, but to have them amplified all of a sudden mm-hmm. is a lot. It's a lot, and it still is. And let's not even talk about when my dogs bark. Oh, my! This is Becky's literally the worst. Dogs have, and I love them both
1: <laughs> profoundly. They have the most shrill bark, and they are very excitable dogs.
0: <laughs> They're, I can't
1: imagine having hearing aids in for that bark. Oh,
0: no. It's like the actual worst. So there's, there's some struggles with it, and I, it's still not perfect. In fact, in my post, I didn't end it with like, and I lived happily ever after, and I'm <laughs> mm-hmm. in love with my hearing aids. I didn't say that because it's not how I feel. It's yeah. still hard. It's been a journey. It's it is a journey. It is currently a journey and it forever and always will be. Now let's get into the life lessons. Okay. This is where I really appreciated the conversation that was being had based on that. In fact, all of these come from my post on Real Becky Higgins, my personal account. That's mm-hmm. really where a lot of this was being said. So lesson number 1, everyone has something hard. Everyone. It could be right this very minute. It could be something from the past that they carry with them throughout their life, but mm-hmm. everyone has hard stuff. Let's not, rem- let's not forget that. Tiffany said, you have brought tears to my eyes today as I read this, and I think of each person that has something they struggle with and not many people know, and they continue to show up and be a light to those around them. Trisha said, I have a sensory hearing loss in both ears and can hear total volume, but it is garbled. It can be so distracting to have this. And like you, lip reading really helps. This mask wearing is so hard to not be able to understand what's going on. I'm so glad you are having the courage to wear hearing aids. Go girl. And she brought up the mask. I haven't even talked about that. You guys, Uh, it's the worst. It is the actual worst hearing aids in or not. If you are wearing a mask, I cannot connect with you. I can barely understand what the grocery store clerk is saying to me. Right. And and I am saying even with my hearing aids in, I rely and I bet most of us rely so much more than we realize mm-hmm. on lip reading. And I'm not saying you're staring at someone's lips. Totally. You look into their eyes and you see obviously you see their lips moving, but it's no joke. It's funny you bring that up
1: because that has actually happened quite a few times. Is checking out at stores where mm-hmm. the clerk was talking to me, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I can't hear you, and I'm trying to put my ear to the plexiglass, and I just can't
0: decipher what they're saying. And totally. I, I bet you're right. I bet. And we you don't, all... have and like, a, don't have a hearing loss, and I don't have like, a hearing loss anymore. I I hope that maybe we can have like a side takeaway here. Everyone, we're still in a mask wearing like society at this moment everyone please just try to compensate for that and speak up speak more clearly mm-hmm. for greater connection forget yeah. about the people with hearing loss which yeah. don't forget about us right but also like everybody needs to feel connected right now and when you cannot tell what the other person is saying and yet the other person's pretending and nodding and going along with it because they don't know what else to do right we, we got to hear each other in order to connect mm-hmm. so everyone speak up <laughs> okay speak up Katina says thanks for sharing such a personal and deep struggle with us and a reminder that masks can be hard for those with hearing loss. I never thought of that aspect. Circling back to the life lesson. We don't think about other people's stuff because we don't know. We never can know. Right. And so it's it's I have a tender place in my heart for like understanding mm-hmm. that everyone does have their hard stuff and we just cannot possibly have a clue. There's no way that we can know what anyone else is navigating around us at any given time. So Along with that, we can't judge others harshly. Like, well,
1: I like what you brought up about like stuff we carry maybe from our childhood because your experience and what made you different was hearing loss. But I think every child has that experience where they become aware that their family circumstance is different mm. or they look different or whatever is different about them. We, we carry that wound. We mm-hmm. really do. We carry that wound with us we do for the rest of our lives. And so whether or not we acknowledge it, exactly right. We, we may acknowledge it and we can kind of work through it and understand it better. But I like that you said that because even recognizing our mutual circumstance of having moments of feeling like what's wrong with us, why is, why me Mm
0: -hmm. like in
1: a bizarre way that kind of unifies us all. Yes. And if we could view that circumstance of like, we all have stuff present or past as the thing that unifies us, Like, doesn't that give you a little bit more empowerment to like want to connect, to want to like know those things, to want to like be able to have empathy and compassion for that mutual circumstance we all
0: share? It does for me. And that's actually what I would just tack on to the last thing that I was saying about not judging each other. We can't judge each other for what feels hard to them. Mm. That's the other piece of it. So what you might be going through, you know, in your anything, in your parenting, in your relationships, in your you know, something that a project you're struggling through, like it is not my responsibility to pass any judgment about what that hard feels like for you. Cause your heart, the the difficulty that that feels for you is not going to look or feel the same as something that's difficult for me. It's not a suffering contest, right? Like it never is. Well, I mean,
1: when my kid broke his arm, it was easier. You know what I mean? Oh, there's so much harder things. Mm -hmm. There's so much harder things we can experience in life. Of course there are.
0: And yes, there are always going to be harder things and there are always going to be easier things. Mm -hmm. Everyone just relax. Everyone (laughs) just stop being judgmental. Yes. Okay. Lesson two, life lesson number two, you are your best advocate. So Lorinda, who also has a hearing loss, said, you have to be your own best advocate. Stop, assess, question when something is not right, and embrace the situation that there are tools that can correct this issue. Bravo for the self-awareness, finding a solution, and setting an example for your children to see on speaking up, finding solutions, and working things out. When I read her comment, I did not even realize those things about myself. Mm And I just got to say, like, that felt so good to have someone say, bravo for the self-awareness, finding a solution, setting an example. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that is what this is. I just hadn't thought of it that way. But my kids, if they're learning anything from me, definitely self-advocacy is one of them like taking care of your stuff. Like you've got to do that. And anyway, we, you really are your best advocate. I love that she was on board with that. Annette says so amazing that you haven't let this hold you back. You've probably worked even harder to accomplish what you have. And again, I was like, actually, yeah, I have. Yeah. Like being in school, for example, I can't even tell you the struggles I had and missing things and not hearing what the teacher said, but wanting to deny that I had a hearing loss and struggling alone, capital letters, bold, italicized, underlined. I was alone in that. And whether or not there was another kid with a hearing loss in my same class, I would have never known. Because I didn't open up about it. Right. I didn't, because you say didn't even want anything. people to know that no. you were struggling with that. Totally. I, I not only didn't want people to know, I was in denial. I mm-hmm. did not want to acknowledge this piece of my story.
1: Because really, when we're young like that, like, we don't want to be defined by those things. And mm-hmm. I know for me, when I was that age, I wanted nothing more than to just feel like I was one of the crowd. Like, sure. It's so it's funny how that just wanting to like fit in, assimilate, right? Like, oh, just totally. become part of
0: that bigger thing. Totally. Um, just to wrap up my thought on this, this whole idea of being your best advocate is sometimes our challenges do help us to work harder. And that's one thing I am grateful for because of my challenges, way, way more challenges than a hearing loss my whole life. But every challenge I can identify in that challenge, not just the blessings and how I grew, but Mm -hmm. how I learned to work harder because of what I experienced. Right. So go you. For the th- the challenge that you guys might be in, the things that you are facing, and the way that you are having to work harder because of what you are going through, mm-hmm. life lesson number three: it might be time to jump off the fence. What do you mean by that? I know, isn't this so great? Because we're all sitting on the fence about something. Well, I mm-hmm. would say most of us something in our life. Yeah, Lise says probably time for me to bite the bullet and get my hearing checked as well. I feel like I miss so much. Listen to the common theme here. Rochelle says, I've been putting off getting my hearing tested for years. I know I have some hearing loss and I know I've missed out on some things. My family also gets a little tired of me having to ask them to speak up or to Mm -hmm. repeat themselves often. They are very patient with me, but I know it's a little tiring too. I just need to go get tested and get the help I need. Thank you for sharing. Chantel says, I struggle with hearing loss as well and have been on the fence about hearing aids. So Mm. I'm going to keep this one specific specific to hearing loss, but I want you to feel the application in anything in your life it could be health related or not. Oh, I've got an application. Okay. I'll share my, okay. like, let me just share this one thought and then please share your application. Cause I, I do want our listeners to feel application in their whole life. I just want to ask a question, dear listener, could this episode and this conversation be the nudge to get your hearing checked or your skin or your eyes or visit your gynecologist. That's what
1: I was going to say as a gynecologist, because having had female cancer before, um, it shocks me, shocks me when I hear people say like, oh, I haven't been to the gynecologist since I had my last baby, Mm -hmm. or I haven't been in five or six years, or you guys go, go, Yep, go. I promise the pain of you deliberating about going and doing some of these things is far greater than the pain of actually doing the thing or discomfort discomfort Usually right? you I say not pain. pain well, no, but we're like it takes up all this space in our head, yep. yeah, I don't mean physical pain, right? I mean like mental, totally anguish pain, right, whatever it is you are on the fence about, like the being on the fence, I mean think about the physicality of being on a fence
0: <laughs> quite possibly. <laughs> Sorry, I just got a visual. Quite possibly
1: is more uncomfortable than just
0: being off the fence. Oh, I
1: cannot get that visual out of my head.
0: That is very uncomfortable. (laughs) At least swing your legs over to one side. Come on. (laughs) Okay, next life lesson number four, because you know I made a list. It's okay to lean on someone else's courage if you're not there yet. Totally. This goes perfectly hand in hand with what we just said about advocacy and maybe it's time to jump off the fence and choose something to do or take action. If you're not there yet, it is okay to lean on someone else's courage. Cindy said, I hope your story and others shared in the comments will encourage others. Yeah. That's why we share. And if you're not there yet and you need to lean into someone else's Faith or courage, or whatever that looks like, do that. This is why we are here for each other. All of us, whether you have a close personal relationship with someone or not, like I think about Mm -hmm. social media, we all influence each other. So if you are following someone or talking to someone, or you see the example of your kid's teacher or some lady at church or whatever, and you feel influenced by what they're doing through mm-hmm. their action, through their courage, through their faith, whatever. And you're not there, but you kind of want to be, but you're not yeah. lean on that. Like just that's cool. Um, now I'm not going to say her name right. Cause she's French, but it's spelled like Nathalie. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to say her name's Nathalie. This is what she said. Okay. She said, I'm thinking that I'm going to go have my hearing checked. You can officially call yourself my medical appointment reminders manager. For several years, you have talked and encouraged people here to have a dermatologist check their skin. Well, I finally did. She said everything looked great and that I could come back in five years. And Beck, that's the end of her quote. I can't tell you how many people have told me related to me sharing in that moment or completely not related at all that they have seen a dermatologist because of my sharing over the years, because Mm -hmm. for those of you who don't know, I had, um, What did I have? Melanoma. I had melanoma. (laughs) Is that skin cancer? Really not good kind of skin cancer. I had melanoma. It was caught early, but I share every time I go to the dermatologist, I remind people check your skin, check your skin, get your skin checked. Mm -hmm. And so it's just really cute that she's saying, like, you're my medical appointment reminders manager. Which I'm like, (laughs) I'll take that role. That's cool. But that my point is, is it's okay to lean on someone else's, like if you aren't if you feel guilty, for example, when Becky brought up about the gynecologist, if you're like, Well crap, I'm not good about remembering that I need to do these things. Well, sister, we just reminded you, you are being prompted right now, just listening to this episode. So if you're feeling that nudge, if you're feeling that prompting, like we're here cheering you on girl, get after it, do it, take action, Mm -hmm. go life lesson. Number five, everyone navigates their challenges differently. Molly, whose daughter also has a hearing loss, says, like you, she grew up and did quite well without hearing aids, her choice. She was an A student throughout school, and she graduated at the top of her class in a small Christian school. We all learned sign, but she refused to sign. I went on to be an interpreter, she says. She went on to have a beautiful life. She still hears, in quotes, with her eyes. I read that, and I was like, you know what? Good for her. I don't regret one thing about my journey in my past. Could I have worn a hearing aid or two hearing aids my whole childhood and caught more, heard more, connected better? Probably, but I don't regret it because I needed to I needed to learn whatever I needed to learn through that, right. that process. And so to each their own, and that's okay. It is so tempting, I think to think that what works for us is likely the best thing that someone else with a similar struggle should maybe try. But -hmm. that's just not how it has to work. Give people space. Everyone's path is unique. Life lesson number six, progress, not perfection. Yeah. Who are you thinking of? Our good friend, Monica. Monica (laughs) Packer. Who also... Where's hearing aids? By the way, you're right. I totally forgot yeah. about
1: that. She also, in the past, I want to say past eight year, 18 months, something like that. Pretty recent. That's right. Thanks AIDS. for
0: reminding me. That's actually not why I'm bringing her up, but I'm so yeah. glad <laughs> that you reminded me about that. But that's like her, fa- that's like her mantra, right? Yeah. Progress, not perfection. And so this is a life lesson that's come up in this conversation as well. Um, and a couple, let me give you a, a few comments here. Deanna, who got hearing aids last year, said, you're right. The masks have made it... A challenge to hear. Hearing aids aren't perfect either, and it is a struggle sometimes. And I'm like, mm-hmm. preach, sister. Yeah. Like this is not a solve all, end all, be all, like my life is fixed now. No. Yeah. Like it helps mostly. Sometimes it's annoying, sometimes it's hard. Mm-hmm. But we're making progress, right? Cheryl says, while the hearing aids don't make it perfect, they definitely help bridge the hearing deficit. And then Remy says, even though technology has been good for hearing aids, it's, I'm amazed that it's not better with the amazing technology we have. My father and in-laws have trouble and concerns with their new state of the art hearing aids, background noise, et cetera. I hope it gets even better. Yeah. So just, you know, like the point here is I just don't want anyone listening to think, Oh, someone with a hearing loss, for example, um, it, it's all better now. Cause they got hearing aids or, you know, that amputee, is all better now because they got a, um, prosthetic. prosthetic. Like Mm -hmm. it's not like that. It's still a struggle, but are we making progress? Is it perfect? No, but are we making progress? That's what we're looking for. Well,
1: and you can view going back to talking about doctor's appointments, which Mm -hmm. if I'm being honest, like I had a little sinking feeling because you know what? I still haven't done. What? The dermatologist.
0: Still? Still. I've been talking about it forever. You are my best friend. I know. If I have not influenced you to go to a dermatologist, I have failed. No, you have influenced me.
1: I just haven't done it yet because I'm like getting, I'm putting the cart before the horse. So what does my progress over perfection look like? Yes. Tell me. Just calling a stupid dermatologist. He's not stupid. No, he's not stupid. (laughs) He's actually smart or he or she, but like just taking that step to like make the call, right? Like instead of thinking about going and what's going to happen and and just make the call, just make the phone call. That is the progress. That is. And then it's on your calendar. Get a girl. I'm going to get it. I'm going to follow after you. I know follow you are. Up. I I'm almost didn't say that because I'm like, she's now going to make sure that uh, I do that or make of the appointment for me. I am.
0: Do you know me? Of course I'll be following up. You guys, you'll, you'll hear a return and report. Don't you worry. Wait,
1: when's the last time you've been to the gynecologist? If we're going to play this game.
0: <sighs> um, okay. Maybe it's been a couple years. So maybe we're going to have
1: a dermatology gynecology
0: <laughs> girls day. Okay. I'm down. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's try to coordinate on the same day. Okay. All right. It's It's going to be great. (laughs) Sounds good. I'd offer to go to your appointment with you, but
1: I'm going to say no on that. I'll meet
0: you for lunch between. Okay. That's what we're going to do. life lesson number seven, you can almost find, almost always find a silver lining. Sarah who is 50% deaf in both ears and says getting hearing aids was a game changer still said for her she says mm-hmm. i love streaming a podcast or audiobook or watching something on my phone as they connect with bluetooth seamlessly i love running with them meaning her hearing aids so i can listen to music and they actually stay in my ears as no earbuds ever did i think hearing aids are cool and you are in the cool club mm-hmm. i'm like oh, did you guys know that <laughs> That's i so didn't cute. know that until becky
1: got them oh, they're yeah. like little airpods She can talk on the phone in her hearing aids.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of cool. It's kind of amazing. There are some glitches to it. Again, it's not perfect. There are some things that actually frustrate me about it. But all things said, and the point of lesson number seven here is that... It's pretty awesome that technologically I can go hiking and not fumble and look for my AirPods and yeah. that I can hear so well and they're just like they're just there and not there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Totally. And and they sound really great. So there's that. Life lesson number eight. Yes, I'm gonna keep going back. This list Continue. is not even close to being done. I know it'll be an even number. There's 27. Number. I'm kidding. Oh, my <laughs> I'm kidding. It is an even number. Okay. Um, misunderstandings are inevitable. Mm. Life lesson. We know this. Let Mm -hmm, me paint mm -hmm, a picture. mm -hmm. Elizabeth, whose husband needed hearing aids for at least five years and just got them, said, for years, I thought he was ignoring me. I can't tell you how many times in my life somebody was telling me that so-and-so thought I was super rude because they said something to me and I didn't respond. Mm -hmm. This happened in school, in social settings, at church. I'm not saying it was like on repeat all the time, but there were a handful of times that I was like, oh shoot, sorry. I just didn't hear him. I missed it. Of Mm -hmm. course, I didn't acknowledge my hearing loss. I didn't explain to anyone. I didn't go and apologize and say, hey, just so you know, you better believe I, I have grown up a little bit especially in the last year and a mm-hmm. half. I own this piece of my story. I will tell the store clerk who I cannot hear. I'm sorry, I have a hearing loss. I could not hear what you said. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't say that, I have learned, trust you me, they don't speak any louder if you say what. Right? But if I'm like, dude, I can't hear you. Can't hear. <laughs> can't can't hear, hear you. Like yeah. literally I have a hearing loss. I just own it, I say it and it's just it helps but um My point is that misunderstandings are for sure inevitable. Um, Renee says this, this is about her daughter who works in the NICU, the um, newborn intensive care unit. And I really appreciate this story. So she explains all about this hearing loss that she has. And she said that she recently moved to the NICU where all the babies and nurses and alarms are all in one room from the pediatric ICU where patients are in individual rooms. People started commenting that she, meaning her daughter, was in her own little world and not helpful to others. It ended up on her performance evaluation. So she came home, she told me, and I asked, have you explained to everyone you're hearing challenges when you are in a situation with lots of background noise? Guess what? She says, no. No. She hadn't. She said she doesn't explain it to people unless someone asks. Well, Mm. with masks and all the noise and alarms in the same room, which by the way, I'm like cringing for her because I know, I know. um, She focuses very hard on her own babies and their alarms and does end up in her own little world. So she finally told everyone last week, and now everyone is so much more understanding and can work with it. But she, like you, wasn't sure how to say, Hi, I'm Jordan. I have a hearing loss when she meets someone. Mm-hmm. Masks do make it hard for people, even with a small bit of hearing loss. And she goes on to explain a little bit more about that. But I'm like, Yes misunderstandings are totally going to happen. Negative performance reviews, judgment, gossip, people thinking that you're rude, misunderstand, take away hearing loss. Misunderstandings Mm -hmm. are going to happen. Like it's just going to, like the other day I'm literally driving to school Mm -hmm. Um, no, not, well, yes, to the school, but I had already taken crew and it was a very unusual situation where I was actually taking something to him and it was a crazy day. Like this was one more thing being added to my already stressful day with just parenting stuff, hard things, whatever. And I was just so focused and I was thinking about everything and just like driving normal. Mm -hmm. You know how, you know how it is when you're in the car alone and just thinking you're deep in thought. And literally I did not realize that for like 20 or 30 seconds, my neighbor kid, you know, in their passenger seat. Mm-hmm. So my driver's side had been waving at me the whole time, like just Aww. waving, waving, trying to get my attention. Of course, this has nothing to do with hearing, but I I was in my own little world and I was super like involved in my feelings and my emotions around all this stuff. Yeah. And so finally I acknowledged him and waved high and whatever. And I was like, dude, he probably thinks that I am either like rude or ignoring him or just out of it. And I'm like, I'm not rude, but I was out of it because I was, Mm -hmm. you know, in my own little world. Anyway, misunderstandings happen. Please know that when somebody seems to be off-putting or seems to have ignored you or seems to not care about what you're saying, maybe they're just really struggling with something or maybe they can't hear you or Mm -hmm. maybe they didn't see you or maybe they are just really wrapped up in something very difficult.
1: Well, and when we give people that like benefit of the doubt we might think it's for them. Like, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt because I'm going to assume I don't have empathy for you. But what we don't realize is really it's a gift for ourselves because if if I'm waving to you and you're not waving back and I think, wow, she's really consumed, very easily it's going to turn into, well, why didn't she want to wave at me? What's mm. going on? What did I do? Like, do you get what I'm saying? So oh, you're giving yeah. the gift of empathy, but you're also giving yourself a gift Um, of making it not about you and not creating these narratives in your head about why people are doing things to us. See
0: why that's a life lesson that applies in all the ways? What you just said is very significant and it's something that we need to apply, ponder, think about. Totally. Rinse and repeat. Right. (laughs) Okay. Remind ourselves of on an hourly basis. (laughs) Basically. Life lesson number nine, sharing breeds connection. I would say that most of us Can agree on this, that we have something or a lot of things that feel isolating Mm -hmm. or that make us feel alone in some way. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, and, and I, I, I I don't know. I just want you guys to think about what your thing is. Is there something that you are privately struggling with Mm -hmm. going through experiencing navigating that makes you feel isolated or alone because you are, you're dealing with it alone. Mm -hmm. Even if you're privately dealing with it, with your, with your God, with your higher power, if you're trying to work through it spiritually that way, if you, if you don't have human connection in it, it Mm -hmm. can still feel very isolating and very alone.
1: Well, it it makes us feel like we're the only one struggling with certain things or the only one struggling at all.
0: Right. Which I can tell you right now, it just is not true. Now everyone's situation is different in what the specifics are around it, but think of your trial right now. There are others who know, they do know Mm -hmm. in their own flavor, in their own way, in their own experience. But my goodness, you are not alone in that trial. Ashley says, I love that you're sharing this. It's another one of those things that remind us that we shouldn't feel uncomfortable talking about at all, but there are still feelings. It's crazy that we have, that we all have something completely normal about ourselves that we still feel awkward about. It's so unnecessary. Mm -hmm. The more we share, the more we all realize it. So thank you. Kathy says, it's nice to have people that understand the struggle. I've always made up my deficit by reading lips. 2020 has been depressing and hard. And I was like, oh girl, take the hearing loss out of this equation. Oh, right. 2020 Yes. or right at this very moment in mm-hmm. 2021, like it is a hard time for yes. everyone in different ways, um, in my recent experience, I even before I shared publicly on Instagram, I was at a meeting um, where a whole bunch of people, I don't know, dozens of people were there and everyone was introducing themselves and everyone was invited to just share some sort of fun fact about themselves. And everybody was sharing like their favorite flavor of ice cream mm-hmm. or you know what I'm saying? You can kind yes. of picture the environment. And I just felt really impressed to be like, <laughs> hi, I'm Becky and... Masks are really hard for me because I have a hearing loss and I wear hearing aids and I rely on lip reading. And so this is really, really hard for me. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I felt impressed in that particular environment to share that fun fact, but I think I needed connection. Yeah. I think I needed people to see me because I want to see them. Right. When I learned something about someone that I could not have known had they not brought it up, Mm -hmm. I feel such a deep connection to them. Not even if it's about the specific thing or that I relate to it or I don't, but I'm like, oh my gosh, we're human. We're doing this life together. We all have struggles. Like we connect through that. And so opening up and sharing does breed connection and we need that. And as a reminder, we're not alone in those struggles.
1: Can I add something here?
0: Yeah. I oftentimes in my coaching
1: business, I hear from women like, well, I have a great life and I have friends, but I feel Mm. really alone. Okay. And, you know, we can probably all relate to that feeling alone in a crowded room situation, right? Yep. Feeling alone on a girl's night or whatever your situation is. This part of the problem with that is that if we're not letting people really see us, right? Mm -hmm. See us openly, No matter what kind of friends they are, to some degree, we're going to think that that relationship is fake. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? We're not going to believe them when they say like, I love you or you're awesome. Because in the back of our minds, we'll be, we'll say something like, well, if you only knew, (sighs) if you only knew everything, would you feel that way? Oh, and so if you're feeling alone in your friendships or feeling like you're just not connecting with people, the solution very well may be to letting people actually know you. Agreed. And it does put you in a place of vulnerability, but I promise you that that discomfort, uh, discomfortable, mm-hmm. uncomfortable place of vulnerability is the only place that honest relationships can happen. Mm-hmm. And so when people say, I have friends, but I feel alone. The first question I ask is, are you being honest in your relationships? Mm-hmm. Are you being fully honest? Are you really letting people see you? Or are you still blockading yourself with like a projection of what you think people want you to be? I love that. Do you know what I'm saying? I for sure do. And Honesty is like kind of everything it in really relationships. Is.
0: It is because if you, yeah, no, that's such a good point. If you're feeling alone, then that is an excellent first question to ask. Are you being fully honest? Do they understand your heart? Do they know some of the experiences that you have um, survived or that you're currently navigating? Mm -hmm. Yeah. These are great questions to ask yourself. Um, one more comment about this, um, connection through our sharing, uh, it comes from Erica. She says, it takes courage to write these, these words and read them again, but this is your story. And it's so important to tell not only for you, but your children, grandchildren, Mm -hmm. and future generations in your family, which, you know, I know, like I know, you know, Mm -hmm. we know, we know that these stories are important to tell, but I just wanted to remind and validate the significance of when we take the time to document the stories, like there's a saying and that we love to share on repeat, which is that one person's story when recorded can be part of someone else's survival guide. We hear and believe that it can also be part of your own survival guide. And I would add to that, that by doing so, you are you are cultivating greater connection, not just part of the survival guide, but like connecting and across generations. I don't know what my story is going to mean to someone else, 50, 100, 200 years from now. I have no idea. That's not up to me to even think about. I just know it's my job to record it. Life lesson number 10, there are 12, just so you know. Oh, you're fine. Home stretch. I know I'm fine. You're good. Keep it going. (laughs) Document, document, document. Maybe sharing with others isn't what you're ready for yet, Mm -hmm. but what if you just write about your experience for yourself? Because by the way,
1: the same thing applies with connection. You're Mm -hmm. connecting to yourself. Yep. That's what happens when you document, when you journal, when you articulate. Ding, 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 ding.
0: Yes, like for sure. And it may may not be the time to share, like based on what you just Mm -hmm. explained about with relationships and connection. All day long, I believe that with you. And also, if you're not ready yet, but you know you need to process and get through the yeah. thing and articulate, it will help you. Annette says, it's so interesting that an experience with my hearing journey and eventual implant was what prompted me to create my first page, my modern style story, or mm. sorry, my modern story style. Yeah, um, through the Project Life app last year. Thank you for inspiring. Isn't that so cool? I love that. That was the thing that she felt impressed. Okay, I do have a story. Mm-hmm. I've taken the My Modern Story mini course, which, by the way, classroom.beckyhiggins.com, totally free. It will inspire you mm-hmm. um, to document pieces of your story, and that was her first one. She's like, "This is a big deal," which yeah. I'm like, "I know." the whole hearing thing, like, or whatever your thing is, everyone has that. You've got to write it down. And what can happen when you record that and you document is it can propel you into more storytelling. And that of course is what we want you to do. Life lesson number 11, these challenges are for our good. I know that's hard for some people. I know it's really difficult for some people to swallow that thought because they might think, oh, you're just looking at this from a rose colored glasses standpoint, or Mm -hmm. you're just looking for the silver lining. And, and I would say actually, yeah, that's true because it's a choice. That's what I'm choosing to do. Um, my mom made a comment on my post and she said, she's so cute. It has been a wonderful journey with this challenge. I say wonderful because we have all learned so much over the years and we are grateful your life was spared. Let's just start with that my life was spared. I didn't die. You still have ears to have loss in. Yes, that's right. Exactly. And as an eight month old, like, and and some of you may have lost a baby, like nobody wants that tragedy. And the fact that I got to live, I could have been completely and profoundly and um, 100% deaf and I still would have been able to live a wonderful, fulfilled life. Mm -hmm. So I count that as a blessing. One of the greatest things I've learned is to give each other grace because everyone has some sort of impairment. Sometimes it's physical, um, and maybe like a weakness in the body, like for me, like with the hearing loss, sometimes it's mental and a psychological or social weakness. I was the girl in high school who stood up for the underdog and tried to go out of my way to be kind to the kid who didn't seem to have any friends. And I believe that this has helped me to strengthen my compassion and shape my character. Mm -hmm. I believe that the hearing loss, If I'm looking at this from the standpoint of these challenges are for my good, I believe that my hearing loss has helped me a great deal in my compassion because I, I, I do wear that lens every day, looking at people around me, people that I interact with, even when I have those moments of frustration or impatience or, um, or feeling mistreated, I can quickly go to that place of, I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what they're dealing with. I don't know what their hard thing is, but Mm -hmm. they've got something or they're carrying something with them still after all these years that they don't even know. Susan said, Becky, I've been profoundly deaf since birth due to recessive genes and have worn two hearing aids since age one. I've been made fun of two growing up and sometimes even as an adult, but I can tell you that it's made me a more compassionate and authentic human being. I love that. The one scripture I want to do share. I want to do share. You want to do share. <laughs> you do it. I want to I do want to share a scripture. It comes from a book of scripture called the Doctrine and Covenants. We've actually talked about that before on the podcast. And it's in section 122 verse 7 and just part of it says, "All these things shall give thee experience and shall be for thy good." I have clung on to that scripture time after time, after it's like, I'm talking about it with my family. It's helping my kids. Like it, I really believe it. It's true to me that the things that we experience, the hard stuff that we're going through is not only strengthening our character and shaping and molding us for who we need to become, but it brings us closer to our potential. It helps build line upon line for the next thing that's going to happen and the Mm -hmm. future experiences we're going to have. Doctrine and Covenants one twenty two seven.
1: I think where we get into a little bit of trouble with this, um, and I think actually Ashley mentioned it in in an episode. Ashley Lemieux mentioned it in her episode was, you know, sometimes when we hear statements like this, like everything shall be for our good, we might want to immediately dismiss it as like trite. Like no death you know, death disability. Is How like, is there anything
0: good exactly. about this abusive situation or yes, that or horrific abuse. death?
1: Or, yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. the, the truth is, is a lot of these circumstances that happen to us, certainly meningitis, like you had zero control over it. You did nothing to cause it, right? It was a random mm-hmm. event that just happened to you. But I think we need to give ourselves permission to feel like duality and emotion. So yes. you can have hope and grief. You know what I'm saying? It's And when you say rose colored glasses, it's not about like packaging the whole experience up and saying, this is for my good. Yep. This, this was meant to happen. If that doesn't feel true to you, like that's okay. Right. And you can take a step back and say, sometimes crappy random things happen that I can do nothing about. However, the miracle is, is inside of that pile of crap, I can find hope and I can find meaning. But both things can coexist. Agree. So it's not about shutting down and saying, oh, this happened to me and it's all for a reason. If that feels true to you, great. And if that doesn't, Mm -hmm. that's okay too. I am so
0: glad that you shared insights on that because you're right. It's a hard thing for people to force that perspective when it does not feel natural for them. Mm -hmm. There are hard things that don't seem to make any sense that are so horrific that you're like, there's no way that there can be meaning in this. Mm -hmm. We feel you, we see you, we've had experiences where we have felt very similarly and you can find what you're looking for. You, hope can absolutely coexist yeah. with grief. If you want hope, mm-hmm. if you want love, if you want peace, if you want to have those and you earnestly seek for them and look for them and and aim for them, I believe miracles can happen.
1: And when you find that, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're saying what happened is okay. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I It doesn't Thank negate. Thank you for saying that. It doesn't mean that you're saying that abuse was okay because now I've grown from this. You can, You know what I'm saying? Like there has totally. to be both sides of the coin. That's where that duality and permission for duality is so, I think is so empowering because mm-hmm. I can say like, I didn't want to have cancer that sucked. That wasn't fair. And also there were some things that I learned about myself in that process. Yeah. Yes. And both are true. Right.
0: Duality in your emotions. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Emotions? Yes. Thank you. Hallelujah. And amen to all of that. You ready for the 12th and final life lesson? Yes. It's a fun one. Okay. You guys, subtitles for the win. <laughs> okay. Okay. Subtitles for the win. Now, this is the only one of all my 12, my dozen little life lessons that is not related to a comment, but you guys, subtitles are my new favorite way to watch Everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Everything. Truly. So it started with, um, before I got my, I think it was before I got my hearing aids, but I was watching, I started to watch Downton Abbey with David's mom who was living with us for a little while. And Mm -hmm. she needed a good show to like, you know, occupy her time and a good story to get into. And I was like, I'll watch Downton Abbey. I mean, it's been out for like what, five years. I'm late to the party. Oh, you're so cute. It's been out for like, no
1: closer to 10 years. I'll Google it. It's fine. I'm hundred no percent right. Okay. <laughs> when I was on bed rest with Caroline, oh. I was watching season two and three.
0: And she's eight and nine. She's eight. Eight 39. Okay. Yeah. So pregnant, yeah. okay. So my I pregnant. Okay. So I'm late just a decade. to the party. It's fine. Per Yeah. Coming in a little late, coming in late, but hot. It's all good. So it, that was the first time that, um, that we were like, all, all of us were like, did you even understand what they mm-hmm. just said? Because you yeah. have these very thick accents, accents for us. Cause we are American. And so, um, we turn them on and we're like, dude, you can, you're not missing anything with subtitles. Mm-hmm. You literally can understand every single word. So my point is like, I just want to throw it out there that mm-hmm. if you've not watched something with subtitles, try it. Right now, our favorite series that we are re-watching again is The Chosen. Mm-hmm. So good, you guys. So good. I love it so much with all of my heart. And subtitles, you catch things that there's no way, even with perfect hearing, that you would catch. There's totally. no way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, subtitles, you guys. Turn on your subtitles. Okay, let's recap. These are the 12 quick things um, that are listed also in the show notes. Number one, life lessons. Here we go. Number one, everyone has something that is hard. Number two, you are your best advocate. Number three, it might be time to jump off the fence. Number four, it's okay to lean on someone else's courage if you're not there yet. Five, everyone navigates their challenges differently. Six, progress, not perfection. Seven, you can almost always find a silver lining. Eight, misunderstandings are inevitable. Nine, sharing breeds connection. Number 10, document, document, document. Number 11, these challenges are for our good. And number 12, subtitles for the win.
1: <laughs> I <laughs> love that. There you
0: go. What a great list. Yeah, it's a fun list. And you, of course, Becky and I are always in full believing emotion that we, we do these episodes first for us. <laughs> We're the ones that learn and grow yep. the most. And this was such a delight for me to be able to not just publicly share about this piece of my story, something that's been a deep challenge and still is in my life, but mm-hmm. I have felt the connection through the sharing. And I have felt the profound growth opportunity that this has been to not only just experiences in my life, but to intentionally curate and cultivate content around the, the ailment and, and to share it with you guys in the form of life lessons. So I hope that this was meaningful. I hope you get your hearing checked. Becky and I are going to go get skin for her gynecology for me. We're going to go have our follow-up appointments and it's, and it's all good. You guys, it's all good. Whatever your thing is, whatever that hard thing is that you're going through, we hope that you feel a little less alone. Yes, for sure. Friends, thank you for carving out the time to listen and for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life. Nothing we have said is more important than the specific things you have felt that are personal for you. We invite you to write down those promptings and most importantly, act on them. We love you. We're cheering you on and we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.